Welcome to the Gateless Podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. I'm your host, Kara K. Ruse. This is where you'll find conversations with self-made women who share their playbooks, their tips, their actual experiences on the journey to success. I also chat with experts and practitioners of mindset, stress, productivity, emotional and mental health, because if you're listening to this, you're somebody that bets boldly on yourself and you care about optimizing how you feel, perform, give back, love, and just move through the world. This podcast is here to help you become the absolute most incredible version of yourself in life and in business. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We really appreciate your feedback and reviews. The only way that we grow right now is from you sharing your favorite episodes with your family and friends on social media. So thank you for doing that. Go do that big, cool thing that you've been dreaming about today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode. This conversation was so much fun. We had a guest that many of you, I think, will know, Corporate Natalie, and she was so open and generous in just sharing her whole journey. We started with what she was doing before she had a big personality of Corporate Natalie. That's obviously a very successful personal brand. Um, how she decided to take the leap and start posting on social, kind of some of the ick and cringy moments that happen when you're first posting and you don't have a following yet. She shares her strategy for actually building her brand into a business and all of the different facets of the business, some of which I didn't even realize. She actually founded a virtual assistant company and she talks about that. We dig into motivations for doing this, guidance and some mentors that were really critical in her journey along the way. And then finally, some of the some of the things that were gatekept from her during the process of building, you know, a media kit and figuring out what rates to charge in brand partnerships and the specifics of how to monetize a personal brand when you are a content creator. And the fact that there was no playbook shared with her, she had a couple of people that helped along the way, but there were also some things that were totally gatekept. And, you know, we hate that around here. Natalie was very honest. This episode is packed with tips and tricks on how to do it better, how to do it quicker and faster if you want to begin a journey in content creation. And, you know, obviously she's she's a funny gal. So it was just a, a good chat. I think that you will enjoy this episode. And with that, welcome, Natalie. Let's start with just giving us a quick little overview of what you're working on lately. Mm-hmm. I think we don't really need to give you a, a big introduction. Most people know who you are. Even my mother oh, wow. knows who Honored. you are. So Honored. Uh, but I would love to get a quick overview of recent projects, what you're working on. If you want to just summarize what you do, maybe that, because I actually would be curious. my day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Let's dive in. So I, I obviously started making content in the pandemic. It was very work from home specific. It was kind of offering this outlet of no one's talking about work online. And I sort of tried to bring light to that. I think there's a lot of corporate creators now in the space, but I was excited to sort of like lead the charge in a way on Mm -hmm. these kind of work from home videos when a lot of people were scared to, to talk about it. And so from then I have expanded the brand. I I'm trying to really diversify content over all under the 
pillar of relatability, right? I want yeah. people, I want it to be shareable. I want to do moms on Thanksgiving, the friend who does this. And so really trying this year specifically to stretch my boundaries as like a comedic content creator and see what bits come out of it. I also launched a podcast. I don't know when this is yeah. airing, but yesterday I launched a podcast, Demoted, Love it. with Ross Pomerantz, who plays the character Corporate Bro. And that's been very fun to just explore. We can talk about podcasting in general, but yes. People think it's like you just set up a mic and record and you have all these. We have three cameras here. This There's lighting. It's We have a producer it's here. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But that's been a really fun project. And I think my biggest takeaway from having a following is that if you're not trying new things and starting new initiatives and really taking advantage of it, you're just falling behind. Yeah. And when people first start, I'm, I'm again, making assumptions. I'm just full of assumptions. I love assuming. Okay, great. I would assume that when you first start in content creation, it's pretty uncomfortable. And as you get reps in and you have some success, it's a little bit more comfortable. But I like how long can you actually stay in the comfort before you're like itching to go do something totally new and like, okay, I need to go build a new muscle or figure out if I am, I don't know, whether it's a new platform or just new types of brands that you're working with, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm when curious, you know like, how long. I, the, from where I'm sitting and probably where most people are sitting who will be listening to this, content creation is endlessly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious if that's actually true when you're doing it all the time. It is. So I'll, I'll start with kind of how I was feeling when I first started making content, which yeah. I never said, I want to set out to be a content creator. I want to be an influencer. I really was just like, I'm bored. Yeah. We're all making sourdough. We're doing these like <laughs> weird things during COVID. I'm yeah. going to try it myself and I'm going to try making videos. Yeah, Videos became my kind of creative outlet in this dark yeah. time. And I then, you know, I was able to turn it into a business and start these other pillars. And But still to this day, I still am corporate Natalie. I still do corporate videos. I can't stray away from that. And I think do what you know. If you're sitting in front of a camera, it's recording and you have nothing to say and you're terrified, maybe either content creation isn't for you or what you're talking about isn't for you. And so it should Mm. feel comfortable and it should flow out of you because it's once you're doing this for a few years, it will be exhausting and draining and it will not be fun anymore. And so having that joy of content creation from the start is really important. I want to go down like real far down that, that track, but before we do it, let's Let's go back to, can you take us back to what your life was like before you were officially a content creator? Oh my gosh. Yes. I also love the word content creator. I hate the word influencer, but so thank you for saying that. But I, uh, before I was working at Deloitte, I was, um, traveling across the country, just living the consultant life. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. We released that. Um, and then I COVID hit and I felt like kind of purposeless. I'm like, where are my hotel points? Where are my flight miles? Like what's happening? This, I thought that was the whole point of this consulting thing. And I've always been like the one at the dinner table who's cracking the jokes, the middler who likes to sit in the middle of the table and tell all the stories. Like that is totally me. So life was, you know, life was like all of us during COVID. It was confusing. It was weird. It was what do I want to do with my life. And making the videos, I think what I had, you mentioned my mom earlier, like, I feel like I've always just been super confident. And I like, thank my mom for that, for just being like, yeah, honey, try it, go for it. Like, I never was afraid to, to try things. And I I put my like pride aside and I didn't, it, it, the videos were not perfect. They were not entirely funny in the beginning. You know, I had to work some kinks out, but, but what I did was I posted them. And so I'm so thankful to 2020 me for being brave enough to do that. Okay, 
to have a mom that makes you feel like you can try anything is such a gift or just someone in your life that such makes you gift. feel like you could try anything. Yes. Did, was that a, I think you, maybe I'm, maybe I pre know some knowledge about promoted and demoted words, but I know that okay. we're demoting uh, Delulu. Yes. But was this like a Delulu situation that you carried throughout your whole life? And you were just like, let's go for it, Natalie. Let's do it. Who cares? Like, you know, it's God. interesting. <laughs> yeah, on God. I don't think I'm Delulu necessarily, okay. but I think people who are Delulu do way better. They're just like, I yep. am going to be the best. I'm more sarcastically Delulu. Like my first video I made, I sent it to my friends and I'm like, I'm going to be famous just so you know. <laughs> and like, like so, sort of just self-deprecating Delulu, okay. I guess. But I'm also very risk averse. I knew when I was making these videos, I was afraid of Deloitte finding out. I was afraid of oh, getting really? fired, of course. But I knew that Bruce was a fictional character. I was building this sort of fictional world and I wasn't hurting anyone or tearing anyone down individually. And so sticking true to that allowed me to keep going with the videos and be confident in that. But I think less Delulu, more just like, okay, I'll give this a try. Like I started a jewelry company in college and I was just, I learned how to make one necklace and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to sell these Mm -hmm. for 20 bucks each and sell them on the corner of my, you know, the library and see how it goes. So I'm just, I've had that like confidence and entrepreneurial spirit, I think my whole life. That's cool. What was the first video that you felt like, oh my God, I might be good at this. I might be good at this. Um, I I made a day in the life video that was... I was seeing all these day in the life videos of these like yeah. girls and their matcha and their affirmations and their journal. I'm like, how do you have time to do all that? Or wellness day. Yeah. Wellness day. Every yeah. day is just yoga and yeah. whatever. And great question. I'm like, I'm rolling out of my bed at seven 59 before my 8am meeting, looking terrifying in my robe, like messy room, trying to blur my background. So my coworkers don't see it. And I think just like bringing, I, I did a day in the life that sort of flipped that trend on its head and people really liked that. So that was one of my big first moments. My two most viral videos, this is super yeah. interesting, are not related to corporate at all. And I think really? that's just, it's like me holding a sign up. Have you seen that on like my TikTok page to the girl across yes. the street from me? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. And so that's like my number one, like 14 million views video. And was Nothing that an authentic scenario? Of course not. That's my friend Morgan. <laughs> Okay. I love sharing that that's not real. Every that. like clickbaity, like YouTube yeah, thing that you see, real. it's not real. Pranking my husband, husband knew you had to set up the tripod somewhere, right? <laughs> husband knows you're doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, yeah. that's a good reminder. Yeah, but it's interesting that it's not corporate related. And I think it's because everyone can relate to a sign video. Not everyone works yeah. in corporate America. But so you said that if you're the person that is terrified speaking in front of a camera, it's probably because like maybe content creation is not for you or you're just not excited about what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. How, and you mentioned you've always been the person that's cracking jokes, the middler, as you say. I love that. I think the funniest people and the most witty people are also the most in tune with emotions, like very high EQ, very smart and intelligent and aware of what's happening in a room. Did you, do you feel that way about yourself? And have you always been that way? Like, were you the little kid that was totally engaged in a conversation and also heard what Uncle Sam in the other room was saying? And you were (laughs) like later making a joke about it. Like, I don't know, man. Callback. It's called a callback. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's an interesting question. I mean, I think me as a person, I want to go into every room and I want everyone to love me. Like, I truly want to feel like everyone's included, everyone's having a good time, everyone's laughing. And I think I translate that to my content. Yeah, I think also with just finding something that worked for me, like I really knew corporate America work from home life. I was really living that and experiencing mm-hmm. that. And so I'm able to speak on it. But if I were to try to do like a Pilates 
come with me to my Pilates class. You don't want to see that. That's horrible. I don't know that very well. I'm still working on that. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to quite share that on publicly. But thank you for saying that I have a high EQ. Let's cut that as a social clip, Talon, and just use that (laughs) (laughs) about me. It's true because to understand the humor in the like dynamic, multifaceted nature of humor, especially in corporate situations and scenarios, it's not for, it's not for the fate of heart, but it's also not for the people that aren't watching and listening and actually understanding what's happening. Um, And the flip side of that, which I think is an interesting, it's really hard when you're starting making content is realizing that not everyone's going to love you. Yeah. And that's, that's totally fine. Having a cult small following is better than having, you know, doing something you don't love and trying to be different than the person you are. And so it's okay if you don't like corporate Natalie, that's totally fair. There's a million other creators you can follow. And just having to accept that as a person is very hard, but it, it helps and it's liberating in a way. Okay. So you're at Deloitte, you start posting because you're working from home, isolated like everyone else is, and you find the humor in it, which is cool. At what point did you say, okay, if I got intentional about this and like, did you have a business plan? How did you, <laughs> how many years out are we talking that you plan? Yeah. I'm you like I mean? in like, 10 years, I'll be at the Oscars. Yeah. No. <laughs> how did you, at what point did you pivot from, okay, this is fun and I am getting joy and this is like relief from a pretty dark time to wait a second, I can make a business out of this. And like, how do you view your business in general? I guess yeah. that was two questions. So you quickly realize when you start making content and growing a following that brands reach out very early in the process. I think I had 10,000 followers on TikTok and Twisted Tea reached out to me to do a brand deal and they paid me $500. And I was like, I, that was my first. And I was like, I am rich. Like this is unbelievable. I posted it on my Instagram for free because I was like so proud of the video and wanted everyone to see that I did a brand deal, which now I know you can actually charge for that. That's kind of a different (laughs) thing. But I was just... I learned that like these brands are reaching out to these kind of micro creators and I was like, okay, there's something in this. Mm -hmm. I viewed the content creation world quite judgmentally. Like I viewed people like you do silly little dances on TikTok. That's not a real job. I have a real job. I'm working at Deloitte. That's not the case at all. These people are doing very well, building very successful businesses and to judge it is only hurting me more. So I kind of leaned in and I took my, my true corporate Natalie self coming from a corporate space, building these decks and talking and meetings. And I I took that and applied it to the content creation space. And I built a media kit, which is something that you send to brands that has like your rates and your story and your engagement and your following. And I built an awesome deck because, oh great, I use PowerPoint every day at Deloitte. I'm great at this. And I sent that around and that really helped build the brand. I started like selling myself on calls and setting my rates and talking to my creator friends and trying to just learn by doing. And (laughs) it just... I soon realized, I'm like, I can make money on this. This is crazy. Like, I would be stupid to not at least try it. How were you choosing the brands that you proactively were reaching out to? So I, in the beginning, didn't do any outreach just because I was, I I had the full-time job and I didn't really have time to do the pitching. How did I choose the brands to work with? However, I would take anything. In the beginning, I was so honored that they wanted to work with me that I was like, okay, I'm promoting this. And I would never be the ad of like promoting (laughs) the product here. I would try to organically weave it in. But I think- in growing, you know, following and building trust with my followers, mm-hmm. I'm now like way more selective and have like a full audit process for who I work with and why I work with them and what's their mission. And I'm, you know, proud to say that I've narrowed down my kind of brand tour mentality that, that I sense. initially had. How much do you feel like you can actually control the content that you're creating, even when you are working with a brand versus just having to 
like inevitably it's obviously obviously going to feel a little bit more inauthentic is not the right word but it's an ad more scripted it's an ad maybe a lot of people that would be considering getting into this are doing it actually I shouldn't even say the wrong reason who cares if you're getting into it because you want to make money but you should be getting into it because you're you want to create good content yeah and not necessarily be an influencer yes do you have a perspective on that yes be a creator before you become an influencer you need to create content for you. You need to create content for your audience. You need to build that kind of brand equity before you start selling people. And so if you go into it saying, I want to be an influencer, that's a horrible way to approach it. Like, who are you influencing? You have zero followers. That doesn't make sense. But if you go in wanting to be a creator and create content and kind of give that content to your community, that's a great approach. And then if the brand deals don't come and it's a little slower there, that's okay because you're in this kind of just create mindset. You mentioned, you asked how are the brands a little more like prescriptive with what you say. I think from the beginning, I've always been very intentional on, I want it to be humor first. And I would see the ads of holding the product and it's like, I, I use this because it does X, Y, Z for me. And I hated that. And so I tried from the very beginning to be very creative about how I approach ads. It's like the coworker who's never at their desk and it was my first Dell ad and I'm just holding my Dell Latitude 9440 running around the grocery store doing all these things. And I was like, okay, so there are creative ways where I can take a creative brief and kind of make it my own. And I think it depends on the brand. There are a lot of brands that have rigid guidelines or they want this set or they want you to be a part of their XYZ campaign. But doing it my own way has been very fruitful. And I think brands come to me for that kind of creative energy. Do you have thoughts of being canceled because of something that you might say today that's not going to age well in a year or two years? Yes, of course, always. I know at my core and what helps me sleep at night is that I'm never trying to tear down an individual or a group of individuals ever. That's not why I make content. That's not what I'm here to do. I think just with doing this for now three years and hopefully years to come, things change and standards change. And with AI too and deep fake stuff, that's really scary to think of. You could twist my words and make something that really isn't anything I would ever say or stand by. And that's of course a fear. Uh, I just have to tell myself that that's never my intention. The other thing with brands is some brands have, you know, PR things that happen that you might have worked with them in the past and now something terrible happened and you're kind of affiliated to that brand and that's completely out of my control. So I'm always thinking about all of these things, but I have to kind of rest my head at night and not let it overtake my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. How would you describe your business? Cause you're like, it's a lot more multifaceted than it was when you started. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's mo- tons of brand partnerships, but you have a podcast now. Do you consider yourself a marketer? Or I know it's content creation, but yeah. like when, you're, sales when you describe your, yeah. your everything, like when you describe your business, yes. Or even if you're not describing it to anybody, because I don't know how many people ask you, describe your business to me. Yeah. When you think about it for yourself, how totally. do you categorize it? And maybe I'm trying to put you in a box that I shouldn't be because no, no, no. I'm not about that. No, you're not but putting me in a box. Don't worry. I feel just, very free to roam around. I don't <laughs> feel like I'm in a box at all. Um, it's a good question. And I think I try to approach content creation as a business. And I yeah. think Hollywood and the industry and the influencer space always tries to create space between the creator or the actor, whoever it is, and the brand. They always try to create space where I'm the manager, you talk to me, you talk to the agent, you don't really speak to the talent. 
And yeah. I hate that. I think you want to, I want to like hold hands with the brand. I want to meet with them directly and talk about the creative brief and work something out together that's beneficial for both of us. I want to meet your executives and your creative team and talk to your copywriters. And to do that, I haven't actually signed with a big agency or a management firm. I just, I do it all myself. I hired someone full time to be my kind of in-house agent manager. And so when I talk about like the business overall, I like to say like we sort of run like an in-house agency of one. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the business. We do all the brand deals in-house, obviously like the paid partnerships falls under that. I founded a virtual assistant company with my roommate called Expand VA, where I pair virtual assistants with creators and influencers needing help with kind of that administrative burden. I just launched the podcast, which is another potential revenue stream. Obviously we're not monetizing now, but more of a cost center now, if I'm <laughs> sure. being honest, but it's, it's another Free pillar. Right off. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I do some advising and social media, like consulting for companies trying to build their brands on social media. So those are kind of the, the pillars right now yeah. of the business. If you were to ask me at this point in time, and hopefully that grows, I think my dream in like 10 years would be to have like, stop making the videos and my face is almost out of it. And it's like a self-sustaining product or service that can run without me. So that would be the dream. Well, I, I'd forgotten about the virtual assistant company. Was that out of your own need that you had somewhere through this process and mm-hmm. you wanted to create it out of experience or where did that idea come from? Yeah, my own need. And I actually had a virtual assistant through another company and just realized it's a kind of a different skill set for creators yeah. than just the typical like admin work. And so I wanted to specialize that for the people who have a full-time job who started making you know, videos and are yeah. trying this on the side and need help with managing that inbox and mm-hmm. scheduling the content and merging the work calendar with the personal calendar. And so I found it to be pretty helpful for the creators we work with. So you made the decision to not seek representation from an agency and have your own in-house brand management team person, executive. She's sitting over there. Yeah, she's Annie. great. Yes. Annie. Did you have guidance from somebody to do that or was that just an intuition that you had because you wanted to figure it out and like you explained why that you wanted to stay close to the brands that you were partnering with and understand their business and their motives and what they were trying to achieve but more so than that like I would imagine from your seat when you were just getting started or at least to the point where you were even considering representation you're like wait there's this whole behind the scenes world that goes down with negotiations identifying Mm -hmm. good fit brands planning for the future figuring out how to do all these different pillars of your business. Did somebody tell you you could probably figure this all out yourself, Natalie, or was it totally self-generated thought? I mean, you're a smart yeah. gal. <laughs> smart, I'm just not the smartest. Uh, it kind of self-generated thought. I think no one told me to do it or to not do it, but it was more like if I've I've done it this much and I've got these brand deals, I had secured like Dell, SoFi, yeah. these companies that to me initially, if I had gone into this, I would be like, I would have never had access yeah. to them. And I had secured these relationships and just felt like I know how to do this. I can do it on my own. And why would I want to, I mean, transparently you give these agencies 20% of your, yeah. your deals to what send a few emails and schedule. I, I don't even know like what yeah. I, I've talked to a lot of creators and different agencies offer different things, but I am so thankful that I have Annie full time who helps me script. I mean, you just heard us, we were like scripting a brand yeah. deal, like, and collaborating on that idea and, you know, posting the content and helping with every step in between and just being so intimately involved. It's been just incredibly helpful. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Like for you to have more control over it and not feel like you're getting a piece of someone's time as opposed to having a true partnership. Yeah. Being one of their 20 creators that they rep, you know, I'm 
I'm selfish. Of course, you <laughs> should be. It makes total sense. It's crazy that you've only been really doing this since 2020. But when you think about the three, four years that have passed, are there moments where you're like, that was cringe or that was a failure that I learned from? Or maybe a yeah. failure that you're like, I wish it didn't happen. I don't know. Like, how have you, or is it all fond memories that you, when you think back? Yeah, think? mostly fond memories. I think you learn as you go. I think, um, I, let's see, one time I made a video. This was a really long time ago. <laughs> and if people go to unearth it, good. go for it. But I, I made a video where a gym bro was like, I'm, jo- I forget his name. Like, I'm Joseph and this is a day in my life. And he's like shredded and he's just not what I was at that time in my life. And I like stitched it and was like, I'm Natalie and I don't really like you. Like for no reason. I was just like tearing this guy apart and I thought it was funny. And like, I made a joke at his expense and I got completely attacked by the gym community of people like, you're fat. Why the hell are you saying this stuff? And honestly, it's fine. You can like, you can, I attack someone who you love and follow and support. You can totally attack me. And it was like a learning where I'm like, I will never tear another creator down. Why the heck was I doing that? That was mean. And I was trying to make a joke and it was, it felt so like, I felt so small as a creator and he felt so like, he was like a huge, like fitness creator. That was like, he'll never see it. His followers won't see it. Um, but it's like you're putting something online and mm-hmm. that was a huge learning and it was such a small thing like I you know it I don't feel like oh my god I can't believe I did that like I'm honestly glad I did that to learn like yeah. never tear someone down um but yeah it was just that was probably a mistake moment looking back what about something that you're most proud of that you've accomplished um oh my gosh I am most proud of doing commercials for television with Paycom a company does like payroll, Mm -hmm. like HR service. And they reached out to me and when I was like a creator and they were like, we want to try to take TikTok to like TV and we want to put you in a commercial. And I was just, I was so flattered and just, it felt so out of my league and it just like, it was a five day shoot and a whole team and a whole crew and like a 40 person production crew that it was just me on the set. There were a few extras for some of the scenes, but we filmed like 20 commercials. I was just like crying after I was, it was such a moment of like, I cannot believe like when they were like, that's a wrap on corporate Natalie. And I actually did that two years in a row with them. And the first round of commercials played on like every major sports like network and channel. And I would I was at a sports bar with friends and I am on the TV and all my friends are like cheering for me. Wow. And it was just like such a moment where I, I felt like almost like I've made it. Like this is yeah. crazy. Like I could retire and be like, okay, well I was on TV. So that was cool. But yeah, a lot of pinch me moments and that was definitely one of them. Yeah. That's an amazing one. So some people are driven to have moments like that where they can feel proud of themselves. Some people are driven for moments where they feel like they've impacted somebody. When you think about what's motivating you to continue growing your business and to continue putting yourself out there, because that's really what I find most, like I'm so in awe of people, especially you that can put yourself out there every day and you've gotten over a hump of caring. Of course you still care what people think because everyone wants to be like, everyone wants to care what people everyone wants to feel like they have a positive reputation, Mm -hmm. but to be, to show up on social media and try new things and continuously evolve is it's really big. I mean, a lot of people don't have, that's, that's the fear around that stops a lot of people from even starting. Yeah. So I'm, even if that's not super hard for you anymore, I am very curious to hear about your motivations look like 
to just keep going, keep going and, keep, and keep building keep grinding and like, out the content yeah, yeah making it an impact and and growing totally. a really successful business like you're on an awesome trajectory and so yeah I'm can you just share a little bit about that it's, it's a great question what motivates me to keep going I think what I've recently done is start speaking at conferences and meeting people yeah. and doing almost like meet and greets and meeting mm-hmm. these mostly women or my followers like 95 percent women which I love they're much better that way. And getting to meet people and hear their stories and hear that I've changed their life in a way or brought them joy on their day to day is so incredibly fulfilling. And I think that keeps me going to want to do more events and just meet this community of awesome women who support me and I want to support them in that way. So yeah, it's been very uplifting. Uh, That's a great one. Did you have anybody in your network or life community friend group that was a mentor through you for you through the process of building a brand and content creation and all of that I love mentors I think people in their careers now are obsessed with like mentorship and like I'll have Gen Z people ask me like can you be my mentor how do you be my mentor it's like I maybe but you have to you know mentorship is not really how it works it's not how it works you have to build a relationship and then it grows from there so two mentors I'll mention one is Victoria Garrick who is one of my best friends we were speaking about her earlier she has always said, you're so funny, you should go into content creation. And she's been doing it for way longer than I have. She started in college making videos. And she is someone who just, through this entire experience, we now do the exact same thing. We make videos online and she is could not be more supportive of this you know career path that I've taken and honestly followed in her footsteps. So she's just a mentor in every way. And in the beginning, she'd be like, here's what I think you should charge and talk about rates and just these things that are gate kept as yep. gateless podcasts would like to yeah. you know, talk about. But she's been great in that way. And I'm just super thankful to her. And another tip is like a mentor can be a friend or a sure. peer. A mentor doesn't have to be someone older and wiser than you. It can be someone who you just look up to in a way or one aspect of their life. So I think as women and peers and friends especially at this phase of life it's it's a lot easier said than done to be like I will support you in everything that you do and be genuinely happy for your friends and your coworkers and these women around you and it's sad that's just the reality but it is we're competitive and things happen and it could go a lot of different ways but with Victoria I'm so thankful that she's always been so uplifting and supportive of me basically following her on her content creation journey and following in her footsteps and helping me with my rate card and my media kit and what rates to charge and how to talk to brands and just helping me navigate from the beginning. So very thankful to her for that. My other mentor is actually someone from my first job at Deloitte named Steve. And Steve has supported me in everything that I've done and is still a mentor to this day, even though your advice when you're working as a consultant at Deloitte versus an influencer is slightly different, but he's been able to really apply it well. He said to me, you, if you want more money, because I'm, of course, as everyone does, complaining about their salary and wanting to get paid more. Mm-hmm. If you want more money, of course, I have my nine to five, but I also have my five to nine which is slightly toxic with working that many hours in the day. But it gave me a little bit of like hope that I could do something outside of this job that's seemingly all consuming of my life. I mean, you do this outside of your insanely professional, amazing job at Bravado. And so, which Bravado is now. (laughs) Brought to you by Bravado. Uh, Brought to you by Bravado. But I think it's really cool. And now everyone's interested in doing multiple things and wearing many hats. And Steve's been a huge mentor in that way for me. Sweet Steve. Love Steve. Love. 
do we want to talk about bravado and your work and how many hats that you wear? Well, it's not. It's, it's too, I try not to think about it too hard. Okay. It becomes and having a kid. I mean, like, yeah. why am I answering the question? I, I just don't, I don't think about how much it is very often. And I just think about why I'm doing it. Honestly, love that. the only thing think about the I end goal. Try to stay focused. And yeah. like the, what I'm, the impact I'm trying to make. So being the savvy content creator that you are, curious what trends or evolution of the space you think that we should look out for in 2024 for influencer marketing, content creation, just in general, like what, what's happening now that maybe is different in the past or how people are using their platforms differently. Yeah. Anything that comes to mind. Things change constantly. It's hard to keep up and with every new platform and where should I spend my time and put my content. Um, One thing that I'm just noticing in general, and I don't know if you feel the same way is like everyone is a creator. There's no, when I'm scrolling my TikTok page, I see a new face with every swipe that I scroll. And so knowing that and knowing that people are, I feel like a year ago posting on TikTok was so cringe and now everyone's posting on TikTok and just giving it a try and like trying to edit a video and get it out there. Not everyone, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about trying content creation, know that the barriers to entry have never been lower. It's so easy to download CapCut or a similar editing software and try to post a get ready with me or a day in my life or just anything, you know, it's, it's, Try it now and get in while you can because um, you'll regret not doing it if you've if you've wanted to. Um, I'm also seeing, obviously, AI. Have you heard of it? It's like a hot, kind of a hot Once button thing. A couple of people are talking yeah. about it. Yeah. I've always been very anti-embracing it. I'm like, AI mm-hmm. is not funny. I don't, I, I know how to do things the way I do that. And I think whether it's in your job now or with content creation, embracing AI is just smart. You don't want to be the the mom who doesn't understand Instagram and the, the coworker who's just anti all of that tech. If you use it and embrace it and get fluent in that language, you'll be better equipped in the future. And so for content, I use it for thought starters. Mm-hmm. I think only certain versions know who corporate Natalie is, but more so just I, I did like a bit on a conspiracy theorist and I was like, what are some conspiracy theories? And just trying to like get sort of that creative juices flowing. Yeah is very helpful. And so you can use it to automate subtitles and things, just simple little things to help, especially if you're starting your content creation journey alongside a full-time job. It's so helpful to, to why not use it? Yeah. So those are two trends that I'm noticing now. What about anti-gatekeeping advice? You talked about how Vic was so helpful to you and just sharing the playbook of how you can negotiate rates and put together a media kit and all these things that maybe you wouldn't know how to do. For our listeners, people that might be considering taking the leap and just starting, they ha- they've got something inside of them. They're funny. They've got a mission. They're like mission driven in some way, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to start creating content and they probably, maybe they do, maybe they don't have a Vic in their life. Mm-hmm. What type of advice would you give to them? Maybe something that you wish you knew at the very beginning that would have helped you move faster or avoid mistakes that you can share. Yeah. I love this question. So first I'll say just having done it all myself, I think one, if you're listening and you want to start content, you can do it yourself, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning and you should do it yourself. Right. Cause you want to learn and just get a taste for what this is like. If you start growing a following, I think the definition of a micro influencer now is like 5,000 followers. Like wow. it can be very small and you will be reached out to by brands. When you do know that gifting is not a form of payment, you should be getting paid to promote a product no matter how big or small you are and if you're giving your rates and the brands are agreeing immediately 
your rates are too low. Yeah. So always shoot for the stars, you know, charge higher. And the worst thing they can say is no, and they'll mm-hmm. counter and give a different number, mm-hmm. but really just sell yourself and, and don't sell yourself short. That's great. That's a really good one. How do you defend, maybe I'm getting too detailed, but how do you defend a rate? Is it based on impressions or followers or your alignment with a brand? Like how should somebody think about when they do set a rate, defending it to a brand if they get pushback? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think for me, I talked about the media kit and here's another just tip. I would build kind of your story and show your following. For me, it's largely women, Mm -hmm. which is really great for brands because women buy and women are shopping on Instagram and TikTok and willing to put that credit card down and make a purchase. Uh, Additionally, my followers are like millennials and people who are kind of affiliated with the corporate space and have money and buying power to make these purchasing decisions. So in my media kit, I sort of tell this story and I'm like, hey, Dell, why should you work with me? Because this is your core audience. This is who will purchase a Dell, will get the option to get a Mac or a PC in their, you know, a job offering yeah. and choose a Dell if corporate Natalie has a Dell. And that's like a very powerful decision and very important for you as a business. And so showing how you align with the brand is super important. And knowing that you tell a unique story that another creator who's doing similar get ready with me is can't tell finding that kind of specific niche that you have is very important. Yeah. That's, that's a great one. Where can everybody follow you if they don't already? Oh my gosh. And find the new podcast. Okay. Corporate Natalie on all accounts, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn. If you're curious, I also post content on LinkedIn, a little bit long form kind of writing stuff. Also, the podcast is called Demoted, and you can find at Demoted Podcast on across socials as well. Mm-hmm. You can watch the podcast on YouTube. You can listen. You can listen on everything. Listen <laughs> on everything, and I'd love for you to listen and follow along on my journey. Love that. Well, thank you for the thoughtful responses. I think that this is so. It's it's a cool opportunity to get to understand the savvy, smart businesswoman behind the brand that people see on social. So. Thank you for being here and thanks for sharing such honest and thoughtful answers. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being such a great interviewer. I appreciate it. Really fun. This is awesome. Are you somebody that loves to listen to podcasts, learn and consume knowledge in general, but maybe you find the process of picking those episodes that are really value packed and worth your time challenging. Am I right? You're busy. I get it. If that's the case, the pod squad is for you. Every Tuesday, Haley and I are dropping in your inbox the absolute best listens for personal development and business podcasts for the week. We will even give you the Cliff Notes version so that you can still apply the takeaways and consume the knowledge quickly, even if you don't have time to listen to them all. To get the rec sent to you, just go to getgateless.com slash subscribe or click the link in the show notes and enter your email address and that's all you have to do. You will look forward to this every single week and it will just be your listening cue until the following Tuesday. I hope you enjoy. Enjoy.